Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for joining us a moment as we take a look at the book. I hold in my hand a five-part audio series on CD entitled The Age of Antichrist. You know, one of the most asked questions that I am confronted with as I travel across the United States and around the world, do I believe that the Antichrist is alive on earth today? Well, I have much to say in this series, Age of Antichrist, that will give you my ultimate answer. I want you to take a moment with me, if you will, right now, and let's look at the connection between the city of Rome, the church that is located there, and the Antichrist. We'll be back, and I'll tell you how you can receive your copy of this entire five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Age of Antichrist. But first, let's listen to Ecclesiastical Babylon. Take your Bibles and turn with me, if you will, now to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, we're going to continue our study on the revived Roman Empire. I'd like to make the following statement. There are a lot of prophecy teachers out there that you can listen to, both in person, on radio, and television. Might I suggest a standard that I have tried to abide within the confines of myself as far as prophecy is concerned? And that is an exegesis or an interpretation or an explanation of God's prophetic word, all of God's prophetic word. And all of God's prophetic word must coordinate together. You cannot take one portion of the prophetic word of God, like, say, the book of Revelation, and then another one, like, say, the book of Ezekiel, and they go in two different directions. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says that prophecy is of no private interpretation, but it all must fit together. Having studied all of prophecy, exegeted the Word of God, become more familiar with God's prophetic scenario laid out, His pre-written history, telling us what is going to happen, that is what I have tried to be able to base my prophetic teaching on, wanting me to have that standard and you to grasp that standard when you not only are studying prophecy, But when you are listening to prophecy teachers, I suggest that we make every prophecy teacher abide by that standard. Not taking an event and letting that event, a current event, drive prophecy, but letting the Word of God drive prophecy. And then using the Word of God, having understood it, or at least come to some kind of an understanding over it, let that be a spotlight to shine down on any current event. I'm very much concerned about some prophecy teachers. Now, I don't mean to point out just one, but I would, and I am asking you to put the standard on me, uh, me first, that I exegete the Word of God, that we abide by what God's Word has to say. If I talk about something that I claim is prophecy, and it doesn't coordinate with the Word of God, guess who's wrong? It's not the Word of God, it's Watashi, it's Jimmy DeYoung. And so I suggest that we keep that standard. Current events basically are brought to the table when we endeavor to try to, after understanding God's Word, see if indeed, using God's Word as a spotlight, 
do these current events fit into the scenario God laid out in his prophetic scriptures? If they do, it gives us an evidence of the possibility that all of it could be coming together. The stage is being set. That is a favorite phrase of mine, but it's a phrase that's been used long, long time in study of Scripture, especially by men like Dr. John Walvoord, Dr. Dwight Pentecost, Dr. Charles Ryrie, some of these great men of God who specialize in prophecy. The stage being set, all the actors moving into place, and I continually use that phrase. Uh, point of illustration. It's just as, as, as close as last night, I made a statement about the Syrian military might moving to the northern border with commando units, the elite commando units of the fifth largest army in the world, the Syrian army, perched at the northern border, ready to come into Israel. Now what happens if they withdraw from that border? Well, the word of God is still the same. Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 and following said, the king of the north, Syria, is going to attack Israel. It looks like that might be being set up to happen. When I talk about the Egyptian army doing military exercise in the Sinai Peninsula, ready, saying they're making ready to go to war with Israel, that may well be Daniel chapter 11. doesn't have to be. Many people ask me about Saddam Hussein. What happens to Saddam Hussein? If he should die, what's going to go on with Iraq? Well, Saddam Hussein is not a necessity to be on the scene as it relates to the Word of God being fulfilled in the relationship to Iraq or, modern, or biblical Babylon. Biblical Babylon, and that's what we're going to be talking about this time and the next time after, biblical Babylon is going to have a destruction one day. Whether Saddam Hussein is there or not, he is a key player today, and it looks as if he's moving everything into place for the prophecies to be fulfilled. Should he be taken off the scene, God is going to allow another man to come to power that's going to do the same thing. God's word is true. It's going to happen. Current events can change. And so I bring, and you know, God has given me a unique opportunity. I have been able to walk in the spots where it's all happening. I have met with King Hussein, but I've had audience with King Hussein, with Yasser Arafat, with Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel. I'm not trying to brag about that. I'm simply saying God has uniquely given me a privilege and opportunity, and now I can come back and open the Word of God and share with the body of Christ those things we've come in contact with. I was at the peace treaty signing in the Arabah, in the southern portion of Israel, between Israel and Jordan. And what a marvelous experience God's allowed me to have. I don't know why he allowed me to do that. But I've been able to do it and there during the Gulf crisis under scud attacks and watching all of that. And so I've had this privilege. I study the Word of God. I report current events. Don't misconstrue what I say about current events. Those, I say, are only simply setting the stage. They could change. Uh, but uh, let me also say, having said all that, let me say this. If it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, and if it looks like a duck, it must be a duck. <laughs> Suffice to say, if the Word of God is portraying some current event to be that event, then maybe it's pretty close. Now, I say all of that because we're moving now into the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. We're moving into that chapter, which indeed I'm going to endeavor to go through verse by verse explaining some very important things to you but bringing to the table activities happening today that 
quack like a duck, walk like a duck, look like a duck, and they possibly could be that same duck. So let's study it together. You have the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation open. 17th chapter of the book of Revelation is going to introduce to us now ecclesiastical Babylon. We talked the first time we got together about the empire beast, the revived Roman Empire. Ten horns, and out of these ten horns, three are subdued by the little horn coming forth. That's the beast. That comes forth. That is the empire beast. And then secondly, we talked about the emperor beast who would come to power, the little horn coming out of those ten horns that establishes himself as the political leader. We'll look at the religious leader, the false prophet, tomorrow morning when we get together. We come now to the first half, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Again, the little scenario of walking through those uh, events in the future. This first planner would represent the rapture of the church, Jesus Christ coming, catching us up to be with him. The seven-year tribulation period after that, talked about in Revelation chapter 4, verse 2 to 19, verse 10. The seven terrible years of tribulation, divided in the half by a certain event we'll talk about tomorrow morning. Then Jesus Christ gets on a white horse. We all come back to the earth. The battle of Armageddon takes place. He sets up his kingdom in the city of Jerusalem and the temple, extending for 1,000 years. The 1,000 years at the end of that, Satan is loose for a season, captured again by God. This next planet represents the great white throne judgment, at which time Jesus Christ will be the judge. He'll send us all those rejecting him in the lake of fire, which is the second death. Then eternity future, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem will unfold. In the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, we're going to see chapter 17 of the book of Revelation, ecclesiastical Babylon. In other words, a pseudo-church or a false church or a one-world church that I said last evening, the Antichrist will rule over during the first three and a half years of the tribulation. In the last three and a half years, we'll look at the economic Babylon of chapter 18 of the book of Revelation. And so we'll look at these two as we go through the Word of God studying together. You have just been able to listen to a portion of one part of this five-part audio series on CD entitled Age of Antichrist. This particular part of it, the Ecclesiastical Babylon. Well, there is much more that needs to be said, and you need to have your copy so you can listen to the entire study on the Age of Antichrist. I do believe the Antichrist is alive and well on planet Earth. You need to have a better understanding, a biblical understanding, of this coming world dictator. You can do that when you get your copy of Age of Antichrist, a five-part audio series on CD. Why don't you go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, or you can call our toll-free number, and you can make your order of this five-part audio series on CD, Age of Antichrist. That number to call is 8-PROPHECY-8, 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from across America. I said a moment ago, I believe the Antichrist is alive and well on planet Earth. Let me make this one final statement. He will not appear and be known to the world until after the rapture takes place. And that could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...